How are you doing, Gareth? You all right? Hey, how's it going, man? You all right? I'm good. I'm very well. How are you keeping? Should I call you Gareth or Welsh Jesus? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I haven't got the wig on today, so you can, you can <laughs> <laughs> Is it too dark here? Do you want me to put the light down? It, um, it is a little bit dark. I mean, it does look a bit like serial killer vibes, but no worries. No, I'm joking. <laughs> like John Doe in Seven or something. Is that better? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. What about my backdrop? I mean, you had the dodgy backdrop of uh, dodginess, but mine, what does that look like? Incredibly fake. No, that's all right, man. What is that like green screen or something? Yeah, I just, I, I look for a good Google background and I did that. And then I added the Comedian's Paradise logo in the back. Oh, nice. Yeah. It looks, uh, it looks top. <laughs> Looks very officey. It's it's good to get you on the podcast, man. I, I mean, after spe speaking with Chris Davies, I had to be like the world's Jesus. This guy, I have to chat to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair play to Chris. He's uh, yeah, he's a great guy. I um, I love gigging with him. Like he's uh, he's a nice fella, and uh, yeah, yeah, the world's Jesus thing is uh, it's really working for me at the moment. Like you know. No, it, it it's your USP, isn't it? Like it's it's. I mean, there's not many people <laughs> dressing up as Jesus on the comedy circuit. No, I've never seen anyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, like before I was doing Welsh Jesus, I was doing like um, just like one liners and stuff like that, you know. And then I was getting gigs now and again around the the Welsh scene. And then as soon as I put that wig on. Everything changed. <laughs> it catapulted you. Yeah, it is it is a funny thing that I noticed. I've been comedy for since uh, twenty thirteen, but I mean, this is a dodgy thing because a lot of comedians say they don't count the COVID, and effectively, I gigged till twenty nineteen quite a bit, and then yeah. I stopped in twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, and twenty twenty two. And I only started gigging again towards the end of 2022. So yeah. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was... Um... I Let me see if I can get my story straight now. I was, I was on a break. Well, everyone was on a break during COVID. But before COVID, like I started in 2014. And then I think 2016, I, I, I was having a bit of a break from stand-up and I wasn't even sure if I was going to go back to it. And then in COVID then, when we were all in lockdown, I was just, um, you know, I was in COVID with my missus and uh, at the time our son was one years old. So, oh. you know, yeah. And uh, at about 12, one in the afternoon, we'd stick him down for his nap, like, and she'd, She'd go downstairs and she'd watch like RuPaul's Drag Race or something like that, you know. And I'd go upstairs and I just, I'd start writing because I was in at the time I was into like punk poetry, like John Cooper Clark and all of that sort of stuff. Okay. And uh, I just started writing poems just, just to amuse myself, really. Like, and one of those poems was just called Welsh Jesus, and uh, <laughs> and it was just you know. It was just a piss take, like, you know, what if Jesus was Welsh? And it, it, it's, you know, it's totally stupid. Like, it's like, there's lines in it, like, uh, you know, Tom Jones is going to live until he's 104. You're welcome, that sort of thing. Like, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then, I suppose after COVID, I started, uh, started doing stand-up again because I think it was that feeling of cabin fever, you know, just being stuck inside all the time. So I got back into COVID. Uh, got back into COVID. I got back into stand-up and I was doing um, just one-liners and poetry. And then one day I said to my girlfriend, uh, this Welsh Jesus poem, shall I, shall I dress up as Jesus and, and you know, just do my whole act as Jesus? And she was like, well, yeah, I would heighten it a bit, like, you know? <laughs> and, I said, and I said to her, but... I don't want to look like a dick or anything. And she went, and she went, oh, you're going to look like a dick. Don't worry about that. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so I did it. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, and 
I knew from the first first time I did it, like as soon as I walked on stage, before I even said a word, everyone was laughing. Like so, I was like, all right, I'll 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 keep at this. Like you know. No, it's it is a funny thing. Uh, and is COVID what you call your missus? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She nearly killed me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what? what... <laughs> So yeah, that's an, that's very yeah, that's a very interesting thing, and I think I found that as well. Like when I played Zora, when I did uh, a gong show in Edinburgh, I, sh- oh. I I did a lot of my old jokes as me, and they went yeah. quite better than they would normally go, and yeah. they did the same thing with me for about twenty thirty minutes seconds. They were laughing at the costume straight away. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a big advantage. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like you know, you don't really have to say anything, and and. What I do, right? Like I had a gig last night, and I sort of walk on with a pint of lager, you know, and just look at the crowd, and they, like you say, they just laughing for like twenty seconds or something, and I'm just standing, and I don't even have to say, and I'm just trying to, you know, I wait for the laughter to come down, but the more silence from me before I say anything, the more laughter from the crowd, like because I'm just standing there with a kind of kind of calling or something like that you know and so i try to stretch that out as long as i can like you know before i even say anything and it, if all the acts on the bill were a bit balmy it probably would have would it work as well i think it's the fact that because the most most are saying regular stand up and saying today i had a really weird thing in the supermarket the the cashier Gave me fifty pounds for no reason. Isn't that odd? Ha ha ha! And then we come in with a mad character and like, what plan are they on? Yeah, I don't know. I think it lifts the the night a bit. Like, I mean, suppose I don't know. It's as far as I know, there's only like in on the Welsh scene anyway. There's only like one or two. Uh, character comedians like you know and i'm I'm one of them and you know we never on the same bill <laughs> do you know what i mean so it's uh yeah but i don't know it's it's great because my act is is high energy as well when i come on like and i so, saw you know if you open with that it's great like you know because i guess the audience just geared for the rest of the night like you know and then by the, if you put me on to close, then they've had a good night, you know? Yeah. It, I've, I've, I've found as the character act, and I don't know if you find this, but if I host a Zorro, it yeah. creates such a weird atmosphere. I don't know. It's like, like no one can, like, as a host, I suppose you've got to make people comfortable and relaxed. And every time I do a Zorro, it, it, it's something that comes afterwards. They laugh, but it's hard for yeah. you to follow it and then yeah. another thing with the character act is yeah i i, I found it yeah it, i found it it can be it goes generally quite well but when it goes badly it the consequences are a lot worse uh yeah i know what you mean um i've only hosted a few times uh as 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 jesus sort of emceed um like, uh, you know, like last year, like last Easter or something like that, you know, they'll have me, or Christmas time, like I'll, I'll do a couple of MC spots now. But um, I have done it where, you know, where people haven't, like, where they've just like looked at me like, you know, what is going on here? <laughs> like, you know, and they, they, they're just nodding down. It's like, Oh, great. I'm dressed as Jesus. I gotta follow this through now for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and people aren't laughing, like you know, but you, you've got to do your time, like, but um yeah, when it goes when it goes wrong and it has gone wrong, it's uh yeah. How long have you been doing the, the Zorro character for then? So I've been doing Zorro since November last year, and yeah. I've been in and out of gigging with it. So I get, went to Edinburgh and yeah. yeah, I made a stupid mistake. I the title was completely wrong and I really should have got the description and title suited for what kind of show it was. Yeah. And 
that was the mistake I made. But yeah, I've been doing it for that amount of time. It's interesting. I mean, always what I often find the funniest thing about it is how people react to the character and what they yeah. come up with. It seems to create a lot of funny situations that I wouldn't get just as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Do you um do you always do Zorro now, or, or is it just like a mix of yourself? Because like I do mostly Welsh Jesus, but except for new material night. So if I'm doing a new material night or something like that, I'll just go as myself just to see how the jokes work. Do you know what oh, I mean? um, I if I'm hosting, yeah. I do it as me. But if generally, if I'm gigging, because I've gotten quite bored as doing comedy as me, so I yeah. just just do it as Zora now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what works for you. I think, like you know, I mean, this is working for me great at the moment, and I, I haven't got bored of it yet. And what I find is, I don't know if you find this as well, is when you dress as a character, or especially with myself and dressed as Jesus. I can get away with murder on stage, like, you know, I can just, uh, like, if I'm not dressed as Jesus, I wouldn't really have the confidence to do that much crowd work. I'll do perhaps a little bit or something, but dressed as Jesus, I can, you know, I can I can tell people to shut the fuck up and all of that. And, you know, like, I've had big guys in the audience just, just stand up and try to heckle me, and I'm just going, sit your fucking ass down, you know what I mean? And they've gone, oh, sorry, Jesus, you know, and sat down. <laughs> I would never get away with that if I wasn't dressed as, you know, I'd probably get a punch in the face or something, you know. But, uh, yeah, you find that with the dresses or you can get away even more. You can push things a little bit more because it's like it's not you saying those things. It's the character. And they can, you know, if it's just you, they may think some of it's real. But with the character, yeah, exactly. they can see everything is false. So they relax a bit. Yeah, yeah. But, um yeah, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, it's it's uh, it's working well, and uh, yeah, and the thing is, people, because the Welsh Jesus character, he's quite, um, he's quite an arrogant sort of guy. My sort of spin on it was like, you know, he's a two thousand year old virgin and he doesn't care about anything, like you know. So, so <laughs> my sort of take on that was, uh, you know. It's just being sort of belligerent and arrogant and, and, and that sort of thing and quite angry. But then when I come off stage then, and do you find people think mistake you for your character or something like that? Because obviously I'm not sort of a belligerent dude or anything like that, you know. I had a funny thing because I had a, there was a Mexican lady in Spanish that watched me in the Brighton Fringe and my oh, character yeah. on stage is quite goofy. But then yeah. when I'm off stage, I'm a lot more analytical and a lot more serious. And yeah. it depends. If I have a, some people I have good complicity with and I can engage really well, but I like, I'm quite analytical off stage. So they were surprised yeah. at the difference. They were, yeah, they were expecting me to be, like my character goes, hello, senorita, hello, you, I is a dancer, hello, hello, Columbo, or something. But I'm like, hi, how are we doing? Yeah. How do you think that show went? Do you think it was good? Yeah, Did I yeah. impress you? What was the bit? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not like... Uh, like off stage, I'm not like a, um, an extrovert or anything like that. You know, I, I, you know, I'll just talk to people normal. But I don't know. I think some people would come up to me and expect me to be the same guy on without the wig on and i always just say like it's the wig it is man you know it's it's uh, it has some sort of shining effect on me you know where uh but uh yeah just uh i think they expect you to be the same character like are you the real life jim carrey from the mask but as soon as you wear the mask it's changed yeah. but, but with the wig <laughs> it, you, you... yeah as soon as i put the wig on I don't even have to put the shawl on. It just it just appears around me, like you know. <laughs> but it's great, man. It's good fun, like you know. It brings something different. Yeah, it's 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 it gives it gives something fresh to a night. I mean, it you you don't know where it's going to go as well, and you don't know how yeah. people are going to react to it a lot more. It's like a little little dance. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, what I found with it is like, uh, like my crowd work is better because of it. Like, and I obviously I know what I'm going to say and I know what like, you know, poem I'm going to do or something and I, I'll do some songs as well. But in relation to crowd work, I, I won't ever think about that. You know what I mean? Because that'll, in the recent gigs I've done over the last few months, that just, that just comes like, you know, people want to get involved. They want to have a chat for Jesus. Like, you know, and, and, you know, nothing, nothing mad. Like they're all sort of respectful. They just want to have a laugh. Like, and I sort of just go with that, you know? So let's do, um, what there, son of Jim? You want Welsh Jesus? How do you bless me, son? Do you get a water? Come on, at least get a bit of Sprite or something. It's got to taste good, son. Yeah, I've had uh, a few people like, um, you know, like drinking mineral water and just going, oh, can you turn this into fucking wine then or what? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. But uh, it's always something you can have a laugh with, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, you can get away with murder. Like I could, I could say any, well, to an extent, like, you know, I could, I could, uh, you know, because to them, it, it, you know, it is like, Oh, this is Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, do, do you put on, do you just do your regular voice or do you put on an accent? Um, uh, no, I think it's my, well, actually, it's, uh, I try to make myself sound more Welsh if as possible. <laughs> ah. So it's more like, um, I don't know. And it's quite loud, like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's up a few octaves, like, and uh yeah and i i don't know that sort of gets control with the crowd then like you know because they think oh, like well we can have a laugh with him but you know don't fuck with him like <laughs> sort of thing. i'm gonna do a thing that all comedians get is that is the tell us a joke thing but i'm gonna do it a little bit differently could you demonstrate the world's jesus show show my listeners a, a little minuscule of the world's jesus uh so uh, i'll do the uh let's see i'll do the tom jones one um so if you heard me say it so welsh jesus would just go like uh tom jones is gonna live until he's 104 you're welcome <laughs> so that would yeah and uh yeah so with that then you know it sort of elevates the voice and you know there's a bit of annoyance in it as well, you know, because, you know, you got to make the audience think that, you know, well, Jesus doesn't want to fucking be there. He's annoyed that he's there <laughs> speaking to these people, like, you know. And, uh, yeah, so it's 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 just raising the voice, like. Do you bring any holy water on stage? <laughs> I don't. But I am now. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do, you're going to bring it on stage and say, listen, listen, good audience members, you get the water. And don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Bad audience member, you also get holy water. But it's holy yeah. water that I pissed out of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I bring like a, a prop Bible up. And it's not like a real Bible. It's just like a, a Bible that I've written Bible on the front of this little A4 pad in Tipex and it just looks fucking ridiculous, like you know, and then that gets thrown down and sort of five minutes into the set, you know. But no, that's that's the only sort of prop I'd have. Like, but I like that idea about the holy water, man. Well, perhaps halfway through, like I could just put a barocca into it and say, Look, I've turned it into wine or something, and then <laughs> Or, or my water's so magical, I've turned it into whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, it, it is. It's funny with a character. You can go to oh, so many different places. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Like, what do you like? Sort of with Zorro, like I imagine you like with the black hat and the the cape and things like that. Do you come on with a sword and and stuff like that? I. I do have a sword, but often don't. But I do wear the mask, I wear the, the hat, I wear the cape and everything. Often yeah. I just wear a waiter's top because I found that the, the, the actual thing that got a costume gets smelly really quickly. So I just yeah. wear a black top, cape, the hat. Um, yeah. And occasionally I do the walk as well. Like I go. 
to try and get the and then yeah as you said you, your high status and you're like you're like what are you doing here sort of thing and i go yeah yeah hello senors and senoritas oh, and yeah. i'm yeah and what you said there about being a coward you can get away with things so much more so i remember yeah. i was interacting with a guy and a girl and um i said as you can see guys i am a sexy man and then the guy goes yes and then the girl and what i meant to do it because I, I meant to say it to the guy because i was worried about coming across as a creep by saying it to a girl but it yeah. came across as if i was hitting the girl but i could get away with it because i was playing with the character and i said oh yeah. you think i'm sexy am i causing a bit of competition and then the guy goes, I think so. And she goes, yeah. And it was quite funny. Like, they were willing to go along with it. Had I yeah. said it as me and said, oh, I'm a sexy man. Am I causing a bit of competition? <laughs> then it's yeah. a completely different. All the bouncers, like, get this guy away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so dear. Yeah. Oh. So do people, like, introduce you as Zorro? Have you got, like, because obviously I'm Welsh Jesus. Is it, like, Zorro something... When I first, so when I first did it, I just did Marvin McCarthy and I was just having a bit of fun. And yeah. then now people start switching to Zorro, but now I'm getting back on stage like these this next few weeks. I'm going to call yeah. it Asian Zorro because I thought it would just, okay. yeah, I don't know. I thought it fits me. I'm Asian and I'm Zorro, yeah. so just call myself Asian Zorro rather than just Zorro. Yeah, man, works. Uh, but no, it, it, it's it's one thing I want to. Tr- nah, I'll talk about it maybe later on in the year. But it is yeah, there's so many things to do with the character. It's a lot of fun. I found on social media, and I'm not like that good at it. The I get a lot more attention, even if the video is really shit. If I could make the videos a bit better and more of a yeah. hook point, I think my videos will do really well on social media because it attracts attention straight away. Playing oh, yeah. a character on social yeah. media and doing comedy sketches, it helps you massively. Look at Uncle Roger and like so yeah. many so many people have done well off that. Yeah, yeah. I mean social media is the way to go. I've I've started sort of putting clips now on my uh like my Facebook, you know. Um not stuff that's in the act, but the crowd work. Do you know what I mean? So it's not it won't be something necessarily someone would see if they came and saw me because it, it's just in the moment sort of thing. So if I'm recording something, get a bit of banter going with the crowd, you know, that might never happen again. You know, I probably wouldn't say the same thing again uh, because it's in the moment. And um, yeah, it's getting a, getting a lot of buzz off that. Like, so I think it's the way to go. Like, you know. Do you agree with what? What are your thoughts on what a lot of comedians do? They put their crowd work stuff on social media, but they're a bit more hesitant to put their bits up because there's so many things that have happened in the past and still yeah. probably go on now where big name comics get TV writers and TV writers get lazy and just go to open mics and then give yeah, the material yeah. to the big names. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't necessarily put my... Uh my bits on no just uh i think just crowd work because yeah as you said it's it's part of that like you know you don't want anyone stealing your stuff but it's also part as well if if you want people to go in to see you and if they've seen most of your act on on like they're not gonna you know they know what's coming sort of thing so you want them to be surprised whereas you know the crowd work is a one-off you know that that can just go on social media that that's not a problem but uh yeah i'd be i'd be hesitant to put any any jokes or songs on there um yeah do you what would you do then do you put uh crowd work on and 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 bits as well it will one of the things about comedy and since i've been doing comedy i've never really liked being the joke writer or gagsmith i've always yeah. liked more interacting with the crowd yeah yeah them. so i do magic as well so um it's not that much of an admit of a of a issue for me because i don't really focus too much on the jokes that i'm more on the physical side so i've done like clowning and i've done a lot of theater stuff so it's yeah i'm more that and cr- like crowd work and 
clowning on stage are what really interests me, but I don't really find joke writing interesting per se. And I don't want to commit myself and focus in too many areas because I think if you focus on too many areas, you're going to be crap at all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's good to have like, um, I don't know, what do you, how do you say it? Like a, like a mixed arsenal of what you've got, you know what I mean? So you can, you know, you can do the joke. Like for myself, like I can do the jokes. I've, I've got songs. I've got like poems as well. My crowd work's getting really good now. And I'm okay. dressed up as a character. So it's, you know, it's it's almost like a complete package. Like, you know, do, do you feel like that? I i don't i'll be no i don't if everyone does what they works for them and yeah, i'm not yeah. saying that there's a hard and fast rule but for myself whenever i do focus on too many things at once i do terrible at them i tend to do a little bit better when i narrow my options so i'm i'm more interested in just crowd work and doing anything but the jokes on stage or doing magic and stuff like that rather than being a joke writer. Yeah. So is there a thing like, do you decide what you're going to do just before you go on or does it just come natural when you're on stage or is it sort of rehearsed or whatever? When I've tried to do nothing on stage, it's not worked. But when yeah. I have a plan or some idea of what I'm going to do, but it's not too strict... Yeah. that tends to go better because it's ah, right. okay. I have a plan but it doesn't go the way I want and that often where the is often where the magic happens yeah often, where I'm at my funniest is actually when I'm in an awkward position where I'm in an yeah when I'm in awkward or difficult position on stage and I try and find my way out of that but then it gets worse and worse right okay and so are the, uh, like the crowd are laughing at how bad it's getting for you, like. Yeah, that I mean, the, the bits that what I. Yeah, it's it getting myself in a very silly and daft position and they laugh. at. That's what people seem to find funny with me. Oh, great. Yeah, I remember when I um, first started before I was doing Welsh Jesus. Uh, and I was so nervous. <laughs> I was just like, you know shaking and you know i couldn't i was just touching my head and all of that sort of stuff and i remember this guy coming up to me going uh oh i love that. i love that character you created the nervous character of uh <laughs> who's, who's saying all this mental stuff and can't believe he's doing it and i and i just went along with it. i was like oh yeah i spent ages coming up with that character <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> but i was actually dying inside you know <laughs> yeah uh, Tom, Tom, uh, what's it called? Little said something on that. Like, once you're aware of how people perceive you, lean into it and say, "But yeah, but do, how important do you think it is to understand your persona and what works for you, rather than the actual jokes?" Because one of the things, and I, I say it on a podcast a lot, I a lot of the. What I've noticed that separates the good comic, really top-level comics, from the ones that are mediocre, is they not only do they have good material, but they've also got a very unique product behind it. And the yeah. ones that I've found to be very mediocre, who think they're the shit, but ain't the actual shit, they only have their jokes, which can be stolen by someone else without, you know, if it's just words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um... You that to an extent with with sort of my act i know obviously i know i was going to start i know what's going to end and i've got bits in between i can do and like i said earlier you know i won't i won't focus too much on the crowd work because i know that that'll come you know i know the audience will want to get involved so i won't be backstage thinking Oh, what if someone says this? What if someone says that? How am I going to act? You know, I, I'll that that'll just all come naturally. You know what I mean? But I have got bits that I do and sort of uh, jokes that I do. But it's not. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be a hundred percent rehearsed. You know what I mean? I'll just, you know, I know how it starts. I know how it ends, and then I'll just go with the flow. Then uh, through yeah. the rest of the set, you know. 
yeah, but it's like you're you have a plan for if you're going on a wave, you have a plan of how it's going to go, but you're not going to be too rigid of it because you don't know how the wave's going to go, and maybe it go all over the place. So you need to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know what I need to get to to end, and then the way I see it, like as you said, it's like a wave. You know, if you get a good crowd, I'll trust the crowd to get me there because you know. We're all on the same page, I think, you know. Yeah. Like, and, um, yeah. And, you know, touch wood, it's uh, seen me all right so far. You know, I just think, uh, yeah, you, if you're not 100% rehearsed and you are doing that sort of crowd work, you need to, you know, just trust your instincts and trust where the crowd, you know, the crowd will get you there. Like. What, what do you make of, so this is something that, Danny McGinley said in his great article on How to MC, what do you make of new acts getting into comedy? Because I noticed that that is something I got, I still need to get a lot better at. But with crowd work as a whole, as myself, I found that that got better as I gigged more rather yeah. than at the start. Yeah, definitely. Like before I was doing um, Welsh Jesus, I, I, really didn't have that much interest in 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 doing crowd work you know before when i first started comedy i was i was afraid of the crowd in, in a way do you know what i mean i was just like right i'll do my 10 minutes and then i'll just go home do you know what i mean but as you gig more and uh, you get more confident with it um and especially you know dressed up as the character you think you you know i can get away with a lot just drag it, sort of getting the crowd involved as, as just being like a natural progression. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and so the more I've done that, the, you know, the more confident I feel. Like I don't really get nervous now until about sort of 10 minutes before I go on and then I'll start like jogging on the spot or something like that. Oh, yeah. The, the heart rate going, do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think the trick is not to be scared of the audience, you know? Bloody hard. easier said than bloody done. <laughs> easier said than done, yeah. But um, like I said, when you've got, not that you think you're bulletproof, but when you've got a character and you know the limits you can stretch it to, then you, you know, you, you sort of tend to think, right, well, that's the character on stage. It's not something I would say <laughs> to people. I would never sort of, uh, you know. I would never tell a big Italian guy on steroids to shut his fucking mouth. Do you know what I mean? But as Jesus, you know, it's it's acceptable, mm. and you get an apology of the big uh, of the big uh, Italian guy as well. You know, <laughs> it's just it's mental. Did he get you a pint afterwards? He didn't get me a pint. No, he was a bit pissed. Um, but uh, as I left, as I left the stage, he sort of uh, you know gave me a high five like. Oh, which I was happy with, and that hurt. So you can imagine what a punch in the face would be like for me. I love that bit after a gig where an audience member says they've enjoyed your set, or better still, when when you're just getting about your business, but someone bumps into you who's seen yeah. you at a gig, you don't recognise them, but they say, "Are you that Kimi?" Oh, you're really good. I I enjoy that as well. Where you get yeah, that's that's uh, that's great. I'm I'm not very good at. I don't know. I'm better at it now, but, uh, you know, taking compliments, I suppose. I'm just sort of like, you know, I think I think they expect me to be like the character and go, hey, nice one, you know, but I'm just like, oh, thank you. Thanks very much. You know, I'm sort of, I'm getting better at it now. How do you take the compliments? I Yeah, I'm better at it now, but... I, I, I do. I don't like. I pref, I like to keep the comedy stuff away from my personal life. I like to yeah. have, a, have a sort of time away from it. So when yeah. I'm, I'll feel a bit uncomfortable running a comedy club that was in exact like a couple of roads from where I live, because yeah. I wouldn't want people to keep on bumping into me from from outside of comedy i like yeah. want to keep a distance from it yeah yeah i mean 
I think it's nice, you know, when people pay you a compliment, but and it is it, it is nice because they've gone out of their yeah. way to tell you, you know, how much they've enjoyed your set. But it's just I think in my head I always think, right, well, what do I say? Because I don't wanna because you know when you smashed it, you know when you've had a good gig, but you don't want to sound too arrogant to the person who's giving you the compliment, like in it, do you know what I mean? So you you know, I always just say, oh, thanks very much. That's, that's nice to be to say that. And rather than just go, yeah, I, was, I fucking rocked that shit. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a fine line or something like that to, uh, so I think, you know, I the way I do now is I'm just, you know, just polite, thank you very much. And, and that sort of thing. But they don't teach you that shit when you start standing up. Like, no, they don't. <laughs> especially if you're not very uh if you're not an extrovert like you know it's uh well thanks very much you know and it's also a funny thing with um a lot of uh yeah i mean we have it a little bit not being big names but imagine what it's like for the bigger name comics like i can't how do they handle it bloody everyone knowing yeah. who they are and you know they're walking their dog down the street they may have had an argument with a wife and here yeah. you've got some like guy on family coming around saying, "Can we take a picture of you?" And they're bothering you, harassing you, and you're saying, "No, I'm busy." Yeah. And they keep bothering, and you still have to be nice to them or try and be polite yeah. to them because yeah. if you give a bad impression, you're gonna. Yeah, I heard a I heard a story a few months ago with um, I think it was Bill Burr. And he said uh, he was out in New York and um, he was walking past like the Natural History Museum and uh, a couple of women went on to him and they said, uh, with a camera phone, he said, oh, do you mind uh, we have a photo? And he was like, oh, look, I, I'll have a chat with you, he said, but I, I really don't, I don't do that sort of thing. And they were just looking at him strange. And then he said he walked down the street and he looked back and they were asking another person for a photo. They just wanted the photo outside the museum. They didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's got to be strange, isn't it? Because you you want to get you want to do your own thing. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine there must be all sorts of nutters, like all sorts of strange things. I mean, I bet some of them, you know, they're in the toilet having a piss or something, and then someone <laughs> said, "Right, do you want to have a selfie?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a nightmare. But I don't know. I think the good thing about uh, doing a character act is that not everyone will recognize you when you get off stage. Like obviously, some people. Yes, will. I love that. Yeah, and then some people who just uh, when I first started doing it, like, and, and people started enjoying it, I would leave the gig, and there would be people outside, you know, having a cigarette or whatever. And I sort of walked past them to my car and I was like, why haven't they said anything? Because they really enjoyed it. Like, you know, I could see them a lot. And I was like, oh, they don't recognize me without the fucking wig and the, the tunic on or whatever. Uh, you know what? With people that know me, they recognize me in the outfit. But with people yeah. that don't know me that well, I'm able to get away with that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. So, you know, people who perhaps uh, you don't know have never seen you before, like... You could just walk past them on the street and they just, they, you know, they wouldn't have a clue. Like, which is good, I think, for like anonymity. Yeah, it was, it's easier to separate your personal life from your comedy life as a character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And plus, you don't know who they are. They may be some sort of furry person or something and say, what, they were a big fan of yours. Do you want to join us in this furry trip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't like you anymore. You refuse our invitation. No, I, I don't like, I just like regular business, no costume business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so how long have you been doing comedy for? So since 2013, I stopped since in, at the end of 2019. Oh. And I've not gigged that much since 2020. I've been promoting more shows and running more shows. Yeah. But um, I still gig a bit here and there. What yeah. I, I found that unless I have a sort of, I 
unless I put myself a goal, then I won't gig as much as I need to. So like last, well, this year, I set myself Edinburgh. So it forced me to go out gigging again. Well, if oh, I don't right. sort of set some myself something like that, then I won't, you know, I'll say, oh, I'm tired now. I got, or I'll, if, if I give myself a target like that, then I'll go out gigging and going out there yeah. again. I, I think you've got to have like, um, I think with anything, uh, you know, especially stand up, you've got to have uh, goals to set yourself, like, you know, because uh, um, otherwise you just, you know, you just continue in doing the, the, the same old stuff and, and, you know, that can lead to sort of like monotony then, um, you know, without setting yourself, right, this year I'm going to do this or by the end of this year I want to do that. And like for me, um, my goal this year at the start of the year um, was, uh, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the Glee Club in Cardiff. That's my goal by the end of the year. You know, that's sort of Wales's biggest comedy club. I want I want to do that. And I did it a couple of weeks ago. So that was like, uh, that was like a good moment for me. Like, you know, right, well, that, that, that's, a, let's move on to another goal now. What can I set myself for next year? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's, I have that. And when, when I've, when I've, you know, I need to, if, a, yeah, you have to set, I mean, it's a smart goal, isn't it? Like, do you believe in that term, like specific, smart, achievable, relative, timely? Well, exactly. You know, I, I didn't start off the year going, right, I'm going to do live at the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows my fucking arm, but I'm going to do it. But uh, yeah, so, but it's like baby steps, like, and it's like a gradual sort of thing. Like, so, yeah. So I don't know what I'll do next year, but it's it's good to you know by the end of the year, right? I want to do this, so I've I've done the Glee Club in Cardiff now, and then I'll I'll just you know think of something else to uh, to do for next year. Then by the end of next year, I think I think that's a good way to uh, approach it. Did Did you ever get into a process of doing comedy or other things where you convince yourself that you're doing a lot of work, but you're just doing a lot of things, but you're doing them stupidly? So I remember when I was younger, I would focus on so many things and I'd be busy all the time, but I wouldn't be productive or getting successful or anything. But when I've started to narrow things down, I mean, and made them more specific and now the goals down, I yeah. tend to do a bit better. Yeah, I think, uh, I know what you mean. I think the trick is is, is not to focus on 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 too many things because then you can just like you know if you've just got like all right i've got 10 things i want to do you know you just focus in little time on each one thing whereas you could just instead of focusing on the 10 things you can just focus on the one thing and get better results i think yeah uh, yeah there's there's a lot of stuff you see online and they say oh you're putting limits on yourself oh you should it's just you know use your common sense like there's only 24 <laughs> hours in a day if you yeah, focus yeah. on th 50 things in one day are you gonna do them well no yeah you know no, you know not everyone is 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 Dwayne the rock johnson like you know <laughs> you know when he can do like films and wrestling and weightlifting and private jets and business meetings and all of that like and and you know it's uh I think people sometimes forget they're not superhuman, like. Oh yeah, I mean, and not everyone has the needle like him, but I mean, I'm yeah. su I'm supposing that they're easier to get. You know, if if I went to a local gym and I asked everyone there before I got into trouble, I'm pretty sure I'd find someone that'd be willing to sell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, it's just you know not doing too much and just prioritizing just one, maybe two things like, you know, but, it's just good to have a goal by the end of the year. Obviously, if you hit that goal halfway through the year, then, then set another one, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And it, it's good to have a lot of, you know, it's good to have a lot on your plate, but you know, not too much that it'll, consume you do you know what i mean whereas you, you you just constantly like oh i have to do this and i have to do that you know it's uh you know just chill out just focus on on one or two things like 
what do you find that what's your thoughts and sometimes you figure things out with when you least expect it or you come up with an idea like you you've, you've been something that you've not you've had an issue with for ages and ages you quite figure out but then when you after a while you just chill out somewhere i don't know you're watching avatar or you're watch, you're chilling out for a bit and then you find the answer to it um well that normally happens uh in relation to the sort of gigging that's a gradual process because you know you you notice certain things uh every few times you gig like you know and especially if you record yourself and watch it back you're like all right well the next gig i'll try that but i'll do it over there or something like that you know um but in relation to writing, I'll, I'll spend. Normally, things come to me when I'm either hungover or really tired, <laughs> and my head's in sort of between um, <laughs> between sleep and uh, reality, you know. And I'm just like, "Oh yeah, that works." And then I'll grab my phone by the side of the bed or anything like that. Uh, yeah. So it or just yeah. My head's got to be in in like a different sort of uh, a space than it is normally, and it'll just be like my brain saying, "All right, well, you should be writing this down now because I might not be back for another uh, few weeks." Like you know, hmm. what about what's your sort of uh, process of that like? What in terms? What developing ideas? Yeah, yeah. Like in lockdown, it was easy because you know you had fuck all to do really, like you know. Um, but now we're out to that and, you know, with job and family life and stuff, you just got to take it when it comes, I suppose. Um, well, one of the things that I'll, yeah, I always record my stuff because I mean, there's always yeah. little things that you don't see when you're on stage yeah. Yeah. and I try and make a note of that, but I can comment on something that happened recently. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago and maybe three. Yeah, it was a couple. No, it was three weeks ago, and I had one of the worst emceeing things I'd done in a while. And yeah. it was I got uh, too comfortable at the gig, and so I didn't do the necessary prep needed. And yeah, it was just dreadful. Like um, I made so many little mistakes. Like you know, they say with emceeing that you don't want to talk to the ones that want too much attention, and that bit yeah. is true to an extent because. Yeah. I remember it was about them then, like you know. Yeah, but in in my case, I run a little gig in Wimbledon, and they own the place. But they they're all right to an extent, but they are completely. I don't mind if they listen or whatever, but they are they're all right. They're nice, for the most part, but they are bonkers. And yeah. the thing is, I remember I was struggling that gig anyway, but in the second half, I was beginning to do a little bit better. And then I started talking to them and they completely derailed it again. And I, what yeah. I should have, like, just spit, pick up the signs, like. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sharp either. I was very, when I go to a gig, sometimes I'm not as sharp as I, I know with a hosting, I feel that you've got to be a lot sharper because when you engage with someone. Oh, yeah. And you've got to really set up the right sort of room. You've got to, I feel it's, a, it's, for me, anyway, if I go in just cold turkey, I I I couldn't do it as a host, but I have yeah. to do a bit of prep beforehand, and I didn't do that enough of that during the gig. Yeah, and yeah, I paid the price, but I I I just went back to the book drawing board, and there was a little things that I forgot, little yeah. basic things like, um, and I I even looked in it as well. I watched it, and I I thought some bits went well, but they didn't. They were actually quite. Yeah. And I only saw that through the video. I, yeah, if you're, and if you do, even if you do well for about five or 10 minutes of crowd work, especially as an MC, mm. it's time to get off. Like, do not do any more because you, you're yeah, taking you don't know energy. Welcome, but yeah, yeah. I did a lot of that during that gig and it was, oof, it was something else. But I did. I took notice of all those things because I was very angry about how ba how badly that went. Because when yeah. when I run a gig, and I feel I've put a really shit night on for the comedian and the people that have come in there, 
I don't know. It has yeah. an effect to me. I hate that. And it... yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that sort of thing does stay with you. Um, I did a gig, and this is something I learned. Right, I, I did a gig a few months ago in um, Hereford, and it was a place called the Welsh Social Club. Right, because Hereford's just outside of Wales, and I went in there and I had my guard down. Because I thought I'm going to be dressed as Welsh Jesus. It's just outside Wales. The place is called the Welsh Social Club. I was going in, not a bit cocky, but, you know, I was just thinking, oh, they're going to love it. Of course, they're going to love it. You know, <laughs> Welsh Jesus, the Welsh Social Club. And I went in and I think I was I was closing the second half. And by then they were all pissed. And... <laughs> They just didn't get it. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think if I had, you know, if I prepared myself more for like, oh, this might not go the way that I think it's going to go, then I could have dealt with it better. Do you know what I mean? But because, I don't know, I got there, my guard was down, and I just, I don't know, I, I'd had a, a run of a few good gigs. I assumed, well, the Welsh Social Club, you know, they, they're going to love this. But, um, yeah, they did. They, they were just looking at me like, "What is go? What? Why? What is he playing at?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I sort of learned then, like you know, well, you know, don't really take it for granted, you know, just because it's called the Wales Social Club and it's outside of Wales, you you've still got to, you know, you still got to have your guard up and just be prepared all the time, like really. Yeah, you yeah, comedy will you one way or another. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and the thing is, the thing I, I like about comedy is it lets you know your place in regards to like sort of ego. I was actually speaking to Chris about this, and um, he was saying you could, you know, you could do a, a gig in front of like 150 people and they'll all love you, and then your next gig, then perhaps if you're doing someone a favor or something like that, you could. You could rock up and there's five people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it always lets you know where you stand and not to get sort of uh, you know too big headed. Yeah, hundred percent. It's ridiculous how how it is. It's because I remember even Paul Chowdhury came to an open mic night a few years back. Yeah, and you know it's Paul Chowdhury, one of the biggest comics in the UK, and he's still coming to an unknown open mic to test yeah. his material. Well, most of the big comics do that, I think. Like, you know, um, like most of the arena comics, they'll, uh, especially in America, they'll they'll do all the comedy clubs first with like, uh, you know, two, three hours of material and then they whittle that down then to like an hour or an hour and ten before they get to the, the big arenas or the stadiums, like, you know. So I think that, you know, that, that has to be done, you know. When I... Um, when I first started, I was in a final of a comedy competition and uh, I think there was something like 210 people. It was like my seventh or eighth gig. This was back in 2014 and I was, and I did all right. Then I come off stage and I was thinking, ah, oh, this is it now. I'm going to, this time next year, I'll be on live at the Apollo. It's going to be amazing. They're going to give me champagne. Awesome. And then my next gig after that one was in a pub in Bridge End in front of seven people. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's you know, it really sort of lets you know, like not to lets you know your place. Hmm. Yeah. One thing though, I wouldn't want. I'll be a bit. Uh, Dave Chappelle, incredible comic, but I'll be a bit scared about him going to a gig of mine because I hear he does three hours of new material. It just sits there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Laura, um, does Chappelle, is that, would he do that then? Would he do three hours then in like an arena or something like that? Or or does he whittle that down then? Well, I remember, I think I heard, if I hear it right, he went to Hot Water Comedy Club and oh, that's right. two or three hours or something and people started to leave. But he, he would do that quite often at big clubs. I mean, yeah. it would be an absolutely amazing honour to have him on stage, but I'll be absolutely yeah. terrified because, yeah, two hours or three hours, a lot of time, no matter how good you are as a comic. Yeah, I heard with uh, Dave Chappelle, like, he took a break from comedy, didn't he, for a, uh, for a while. And then he started back in the clubs and he was sort of on stage and, like, 
the guy outside, like the whatever it was, the comedy seller who was trying to get people in, they were going, Come on, come in, come in. Dave Chappelle's on stage, and they were like, Yeah, whatever. And they just walk off. <laughs> and like Dave Chappelle would be paying to like, uh, for like a good week, he'd be paying to like seven or eight people because no one would believe he'd be in there on stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also I'd be a bit fearful as well if I was a big name like him because and you saw the controversy in my life. I mean, imagine yeah. if he came to an open mic with all the offensive, all the people yeah. being offended, seeing him, they're like, are you Matt wife? How could you say that about me? And Yeah, I'd say, I don't know. He, he's, I, I'd say he doesn't care. You know what I mean? He just, he just does what he does, doesn't he? I understand in terms of he, the big comics, they probably don't think about it, but I'm saying if they go to a small gig. Yeah, they, yeah. You're, not every comic or audience member, even if they know him, will like him. And yeah, that's true. There's more chance of them being attacked, especially with some of the comics that push the boundaries a bit, like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, well, it was that. Uh, I think Patrice O'Neill said once that um, you know, whenever he went on stage, he would he would just think, right, not everyone's going to like me because it's such a mix at the comedy clubs. You know, not everyone's going to like me. I don't want everyone to laugh at me because I know that I'm going to piss off a few people. And, uh, and that's how he would go into, you know, doing the comedy clubs. He wouldn't try to get the whole audience on his side because he, he, he knew that uh, a lot of them weren't there to see him. So he would just be happy with 50% of the crowd. Sort of laughing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can it can be can be entertaining to see as well. I've seen that in a few instances where people like Jerry Sadowitz, people would walk out and then some would have fights to stay. So it is yeah. some reactions better than none, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was it. Um... A few years ago, when uh, Louis C.K. came back to comedy and he was doing the clubs, and uh... You know, he didn't sort of tone it down at all. He was just doing the stuff he was normally doing and people were recording it and putting it on YouTube. And he was like, well, this isn't the finished article. Do you know what I mean? This is just, I'm testing this sort of shit out. And it was like outrage at the club and and things like that for people having him on. And, uh, but, it, you know, he was just trying out stuff. He wasn't just, you know, that's what you're doing it. Yeah. Now, for anyone that is listening up right now and they want to get a no i'm not going to say blessing that that's that's gonna that's that, that i can't say that yeah i don't want to say religious things um but anyone that wants hey, to know about... Fine. I, I, you know i'm not really jesus like i want i want all that against you you know okay but just when i next when i see you in person you are not just... <laughs> <laughs> Now, for anyone that wants to know about Welsh Jesus or yourself, Gareth, how do they find out about you? And one other thing, comedy is yep. a weird and wonderful place. What is the what is the wacky thing about comedy that you love about it? Um, I don't know, really. I just... I, I'm... I'm still in awe of the fact that I that I get to do it. Do you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, when I was in school or when I was in my twenties and stuff, I never imagined that I'd be doing stand up. It was always something I I I was obsessed with and I wanted to do, and uh, and I just thought oh, I could never do it. I could never do it. But until you push yourself and you do it, and now that I am doing it, it's. You know, it's just it's just mental because I always think the back to like when I when I when I thought I couldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And it's like, uh, yeah. So every gig you, you get more confident and uh, it gets better. And um, yeah, the wacky thing for me is that I'm still that I'm still doing it and I'm still dressing as Jesus and people are still laughing and, you know, I still get to do it. Like, that's, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, pretty mental. Like, what about you? What's you, uh, What's the wacky thing about it that I like about it? Um, I like the, oh, 
the thing that I'm more excited by than anything, and I think I've said it in the podcast, is the unplanned moments between comedians and audiences that are yeah, quite funny. Yeah. So yeah. I remember, I'll tell you one thing that was quite funny, and maybe you'd have to be there to see how funny it was, but <laughs> there was a comedian who dressed up as, uh, he called himself Lord um, Richard Bumblecart the ball sack and he paid the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, i gotta see this guy now <laughs> is he still around well he just started <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's why not <laughs> he's the... yeah he's got still one ball sack um uh... and he he's it's he, a new character that a comedian started and he was yeah. engaging with the owner and I said, Yasmin is a very funny lady in the woman place that I want a comedy gig. Yeah. And she he says, how are you doing, my lady? Uh, would you like to go out with me? And then she says to him, I only ride horses. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then... The guy, the guy spoke to these three older men, and they they were. So he said to them, um, "Are you guys lovers or anything like that? What job do you guys do?" And this was a long-winded thing, and it went on for a while. And they said, "War we members of the porn industry." <laughs> but it, <laughs> I'm not doing those things justice. But if you saw those moments, they were absolutely hilarious, and that's yeah. the things that I like about comedy, and that's one yeah. of the reasons why I like doing crowd work, and I like, it, like those moments like that are just amazing. Yeah, well, it, you know, you the, it's stuff you uh, that you wouldn't really get anywhere else, and and you know, you you'll remember them, like you know, I I did a gig um, last month. I wasn't MC, you know, I was just closing the show. And uh, the MC was doing some crowd work and he spoke to this guy. And the guy turned out to be the guy who does all the illustrations on Great British Bake Off. Oh. So, and he was like, that's not, and the guy had like Wikipedia up and he was like, that is you as well. And at the end, he drew us like a cake with all the comedians' names on in the style of the, the illustrations that he would do from Great British Bake Off. Like, and he's been there since uh, the start, when did it start like 15 years ago and stuff like that. So, you know, that is mental. Like I never would have, <laughs> you know, it, and stuff like that happens. It's just like, you know, that is, that is just insane. I think, yeah, that's, that's the way that, that is the best. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I think that's probably the best thing about stand-up comic, those type of moments. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Like, it's, it's just totally uh, throws you through a loop. Like, it's, it's such just something you don't see coming at all. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that, you know, you go home and you tell your partner, like, it's like, you will never guess what happened tonight. <laughs> there was a guy in the audience who works on Great British Rake Off. <laughs> it's just mad. Like. It's incredible. Now... <laughs> So, for anyone that's listening in right now, is there? How do they find out about you? Uh, well, they can add me on Facebook. I haven't got really got a Welsh Jesus page. You can just add me on Instagram, uh, which is my Instagram handle is Gareth dot Hunt seventy eight, and I'll have uh, put all my gigs on there then. And um, yeah, I got a few left now till the end of the year. So it was a busy time for Jesus uh, this time of year. And um, yeah, just if you're in Wales, I haven't got any in England uh, this month, but got a few in Wales. If you want to pop along, have a laugh, be a good time. Right. So you guys, if you're ever in Wales, you know where to go. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you give this episode a five star view on Amazon or iTunes. And I'll see you at one of the next episodes. The next episodes are, I'm going to talk, talk to a blind comic. And also, I'm talking to a former Compton, Los Angeles, um, drug Mexican, American drug salesman.
who became a comic called Richard Villa. So we've got a lot of exciting episodes up. And I hope to see you soon. I bet he's got some stories. <laughs> oh, he has. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm speaking to him tomorrow. All right. When will that episode go up? I'll keep a listen over there. So I've got one with Che Burnley that's coming out, that I'm putting out next week. But I'll yeah. probably put that, I'll put yours like the week af after that. And I'll probably put his the week after yours. Oh, nice one. Yeah. yeah. You guys know where to go. And I'll That's see you thing. guys soon. Like one, one day you're talking to Welsh Jesus and the next day you're talking to like a Mexican drug lord. Like it's, uh, it's mad. You know what that, and that's one of the reasons why I keep doing the podcast because I don't, I didn't, when I did comedy before and before I came into comedy, I never expected it to have the diverse range of people that yeah. it seems to attract. Yeah. And I yeah. would not have known that. Yeah, I, I had a feeling when I started doing comedy, but then since I've been doing the podcast, like the amount of people that are doing it, like I didn't, there's so many people across the world trying to do it as well. Like there's people in yeah. India, um, China, and it, it, there's probably millions of people trying to make it as a comic. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, like and before you get into it, I don't know, you tend to think it's such a, a limited group of people but then when you start doing it, then it's like, wow, this is this is actually everywhere, like, you know? It's for everyone. Yeah.